Bob Stoops ruined my childhood. It's the Inside OU Podcast on the Franchise Podcast Network. If you listen to this OU Compliance, I don't endorse that last message. With Brady Trantham and Keegan Renault. Mike Stoops should be put on trial for war crimes. Already? Already? Well, I didn't know you in the Rose Bowl, Keegan. I'm going to tell everybody right now we are going to talk about this later on in the pod. But hey, it's the Inside OU Podcast. We're back after a week hiatus. Uh, Keegan Renault from SoonersWire.com, powered by USA Today, powered by other things. Brady Trantham here from the French Fries, 107.7 franchise in Oklahoma City, where I will be filling in this week once again from 10 to 1. So tune in. But Keegan, use, are you going to use me as a guest? Um, you know what? We tried to call you on Friday, and you didn't answer. Jerry Wait, Ray, you? Yeah, we tried to we tried to use you like in the. T- I didn't get a call. I didn't get a call from him. Tell I told him he has to text me some like if to let me know because I have to call in. Well, Jerry, Jerry's kind of an elderly person. You know, he can be considered elderly at this point. So you know, the, sometimes right. the elderly. I'm checking my phone calls right now. Well. 4:25 p.m. my time. That's yeah, it. it'd have been. Well, this is a shame, Bam, Jerry. This is truly a shame. Man, what a Friday it was for me. I missed y'all's part. Y'all probably hyped me up, and then Chisholm. I missed his on Friday. Oh wow, you just pissed us all off. Well, you know, let's back up a little bit further than this previous Friday. Keegan, go ahead and tell our lovelies why uh, we were unable to podcast this previous sunday because we have <laughs> we'll let you know right now we have over like a thousand listeners a thousand downloads uh, an episode and this is during nothing time like we might we might not even have a damn sport in the fall and these at least 1k listeners need to know what was going on in keegan's world this previous sunday i was back in oklahoma i didn't plan to stay over the night i was planning on driving back sunday being able to do the Periscope, being able to do the podcast. And then <laughs> it was at a wedding and the, I'll just leave it at that. Got back you, Monday night. Didn't you bring anything with me home. Were you getting married? You can't hear me. Oh my gosh. You can't hear me. Can you, can you hear, hear me? me? I can hear you. I can't hear you. Riri. Everything is a go. Oh, hi Brady. Can you hear me now? Yeah. We should just keep that all in the podcast. I mean, I don't delete anything. I just bleep out (laughs) and shits. Did you get all that? Could you hear all that? Yeah, I simply just asked, like, were you the one getting married? No, I am no. Been single for a while. Been single for a while. Still looking for that elusive, uh, let's just throw like a female name out there. Let me think of one. Oh, I found her in Atlanta, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. A CC type, you know, like, (laughs) we're trying to look for... um, yeah, we need to have like the unsolved mysteries theme for Keegan's. Let's just again. We'll get into season. that. Hey, if 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 we don't have a fall football season, I'll tell that story. We'll have a podcast discussing Atlanta the people. Yeah, because nothing else happened in Atlanta that was particularly fun for OU fans. But yes, uh, apologies once again for no podcast last week. But Keegan had some life stuff, and uh, life finds a way. Now, Keegan, let's but back we preserve. Tra- That's yeah, for sure. We we persevere or whatever the hell. Um, we, persevere there we go um, we do have a little bit of football talk to talk about big 12 media day was what was it pushed back but in between all that we've got some preseason 
all Big 12. We've got some preseason power polls and preseason rankings, all the meaningless stuff that kind of play into the one of the reasons why college football has, you know, a flaw. Like some teams are ranked. Like the whole preseason rankings are stupid. But hey, it gives us something to talk about. So, of the ninety votes in the Big Twelve preseason poll, Keegan, eighty of them went to Oklahoma, who is far and away the number one team preseason wise um, in the Big Twelve. They're followed by Oklahoma State, which may have surprised some people at number two. I think some people probably would have assumed Texas with Sam Ellinger coming back would probably, and plus the the brand would get the number two spot, but they are number three. And then Iowa State at four. Um, I, I guess are, are shocked at all that it's not Oklahoma across the board. Shocked that Texas or OSU got some first place votes. I mean, just your overall thoughts from the poll thus far. I thought it was right. I didn't think they would get it right in that order. That's how I think it should be based off what we know today. I think Oklahoma State's offensive line – with Sanders, hope, and you're kind of hoping that Sanders takes the leap we thought Ellinger was going to take, right? Or, yeah. sorry, I would thought Ellinger was going to well, take, right? No, I mean, look, a freshman quarterback going into a sophomore year, I don't blame the hope and the optimism. But anything else after that, and, it's, and it hasn't happened, I'm just like, okay, that's just what he is. Now, the thing with mm-hmm. Spencer Sanders that scares me, if I'm an OSU fan, is uh, sometimes some questionable ball security. It doesn't matter how many. It doesn't matter how many returning stars you have on defense. If you keep giving your opponent opportunities on offense, it, it's just not going to matter. But he cleaned it up towards the end of the season last year. Um, maybe there were some factors around that, but that to me is my big concern. But I mean, I don't have a problem with hyping up freshman quarterback going into a sophomore year that showed promise. Yeah, he's. I, I think Oklahoma State. You talk about just having a solid offensive line, and it's not even Sanders. I mean, you can hand it to Chuba thirty times a game if you want. I mean, he came back for a reason. So, um, you know, he's he could have gone the NFL. Probably will be the same draft round, same draft pick that he's going to be next year or coming in both in this next year's draft. So, and then they got some dudes on defense too. So it doesn't surprise me. I know Texas has Jordan Whittington coming back. Um, by John Robinson enters it running back I mean those are two guys that are really really good at the skill position but uh, Texas offensive line play Brady the way it's been last three to four years and then outside of Joseph Osai I mean I don't I'm not so sure about their defensive line either so it doesn't surprise me we'll see what I mean Oklahoma are the overwhelming favorite obviously they should be even replacing with as much as they are on defense and with Spencer um, well Spencer Rattler or Tanner Mordecai Preseason uh, newcomer of the year, Spencer Rattler, by the way. Yeah. Hasn't won the job yet, but. <laughs> no, okay, okay, I'll ask you this question. Let's just play like some hypothetical game where Jalen Hurts doesn't come to OU last offseason. And so Spencer Rattler at least finishes the season as QB1 at o- OU. And maybe OU's one gone nine and three in this scenario for a handful of reasons, who knows. But um do you think that that's the only hangup for OU not being the unanimous Big 12 pick here? Is it just simply because of the question mark at the quarterback position? Because, you know, we know Spencer Rattler is talented, but we've seen talented quarterbacks get QB1 and then the lights come on and it's just a different ball game with that particular player. Is that the question mark that's the holdup? Or do you think that it's something that I think where we don't exactly know who's going to be the leader on defense. We assume who the leader is going to be on offense and Lincoln Riley has a track record. So we're going to give them the benefit of the doubt, but there's no Kenneth Murray back there. And with all the change up on the defense, 
and even the hype and the optimism from Alex Grinch, like I, I've said a handful of times on this podcast, last year's group and bunch, they had a lot of want to in order to get to want to get better in Alex Grinch's first offseason. Now that they've had some success, who knows if they're going to have that same want to. And at the same time, they don't have that Kenneth Murray at least right now. Maybe they do because, you know, they're in, they're in that locker room. They know more than we do. But as of right now where it stands, and it's just you and I talking, we don't know who that Kenneth Murray type is going to be. So to me, that's the biggest question mark for this OU team. And I've said this before, too. I mean, you look at the 2014 team, and I think the biggest complaint, right, was the lack of leadership. And that's the reason why it sort of down it spiraled into the eight the eight and five right season that it was. Um, so, I mean, yeah, the, I think the questions are valid, and, and not even just leadership. I think overall talent too. If you're talking about Kenneth Murray, I mean, look at what they have behind them. And this is not a knock on Deshaun White or Caleb Kelly or Brian Asamoah, but Kenneth Murray is is an elite player, and we'll see if they can replace that at linebacker. Oh, I'm not so even. That, I'm I, not even. I'm not even talking about like the player that Kenneth Murray is. As we all knew the athlete that he was. I'm yeah. talking about the emotional like voice of the defense, the quarterback right. of the defense. I, I, we I'm don't know who that is. Them, right. Yeah. We don't know who that is. Nor do nor, nor the talent aspect too, because you want yeah. your best player right to be your best leader. And last year, Kenneth Murray was oh, no doubt the best player on Oklahoma's defense. And everybody sort of wrote his back too. You know, to he kind of took him in some games. I mean, the Kansas State game happened, but. Overall, uh, I, I think you, you look at the guys on that defense. Who could who are going to be the captains? I mean, Patrick Fields and Caleb Kelly. Is what it going to be Trevor Knight? And it's, Trevor Knight situation. It's it's easy to forget this guy. I understand it, but I'm excited for John Michael Terry to potentially come back, assuming that he's able to bounce back from that injury. Just because what we saw out of him last year was an incredible breath of fresh air, because he just oh my God, he set the edge consistently. And that was something that <laughs> OU's defense was struggling with over the, like the preceding few seasons. I don't like, have you had a chance to talk to John Michael Terry at all? No, in any no, scrum? no players. Um, oh, you're talking about last, like last like in, year? In the, yeah, in the past. Because I, I just yeah. don't, I don't, get, I don't really even, know what he's like even, in terms. Even keeled. Uh, I mean, he, he kind of just is, he kind of quiet, even keeled and. Yeah, I, I don't know. He's just steady, and it kind of reflects in his personality. And I actually have an idea for you, though. Do you think he could swing back to inside if they need him? The size is kind of there. It just depends on what he's done in this offseason. And if I mean, he, you talk about if, the depth they have there. Shane Witter is your backup linebacker in some sort of fashion. I mean, yeah. He hasn't, you know, Brian Mead. But I mean, if you want Shane Witter to be that guy, if he is, yeah. Now, again, like, I'm not saying that John Michael Terry is going to be, like, I'm calling for him to be some, like, surprise, like, all Big 12 type player. I'm just saying, like, what I saw out of him last year was really good, and I thought that the defense did kind of have a little bit of a hiccup in trying to replace him after he got hurt in those those preceding few weeks, or the following few weeks, excuse me. So, um, I'm just, I'm kind of excited for his return, but I just don't know what he's like personality-wise, so who knows, like. Sometimes it's not a guy that's like that has to have a big personality. Sometimes it's just a guy that when the lights come on, it's just a different ball game for some players. But to me, that's just always going to be the big question mark for this season just because, like I said, I'm going to give Lincoln Riley and Spencer Rattler the benefit of the doubt, even though like the pessimistic OU fan in me is just like, I want to believe Spencer Rattler's hype so much and be like 100% excited for it. And I am almost there at the same time, like, 
how many times, like if you've watched college football for a long time, there are so many five stars that you can just picture in your mind right now that when they got the job, they were not what they were hyped to be. And it's not because they weren't talented enough. It was just because it is a different ball game being QB1 at a place like OU. I think as of late, though, the trend's been a little bit different, right? You talk about Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Tua were like the last three quarterbacks before Spencer to come out. I guess Bo Nix played for Auburn last year. They came out of the same recruiting class, but you know, their hit rate's been a little bit better with some of the top guys. I think, obviously, like you said, uh, you want that to be the hype. I do have, with the offensive line, I think with Spencer, the offensive line play last season, if it only is a gradual increase and not just an exponential, I think that could be a problem for Spencer in the pocket and stuff. So I I think that could be end up being a problem for him. But at the end of the day, the talent's overwhelming. I, I think, like you said earlier with Lincoln, you know, uh, the way that he is turning out quarterbacks and this offense too is going to be a lot similar to what we saw in 2017 and 2018. Yeah. So even if it's, even if it's just even a step lower than what Baker and Kyler were in those seasons, like maybe Baker in 2015 and 16, I mean, they're still going to be successful. So at the end of the day, you know, with Spencer and the offense and, and Lincoln in general, we'll see what they can come together this season. But I, I'm not as much concerned um, with him as I am sort of the parts that are around them as, as much. Well, what do you think helps – like if we're just talking about the first few weeks of the season when everyone's trying to get gelled up, you know, the offensive line, whatever rotation of guys that works, hopefully it's like the same guys day one till the end of the season. Like mm-hmm. we've seen with Bill Beanbow, but last year, of course, was to be expected. You're replacing a lot of NFL talent. It's just kind of meant to happen that way with what happened last year with the offensive line. But in the first few weeks, what do you think helps out Spencer Rattler? Do you think, because it's not going to be the receiving core, because we've already talked about on the show that OU's, you know, receiving core, while very talented, is going to be inexperienced, at least for the first few weeks. So do you think it's just the exponential growth on a, on offensive line, or do you think it's something like maybe – Maybe Kennedy Brooks is able to make some type of minor leap. Maybe a name that we haven't heard out of the running back group emerges to be like maybe a special player for all we know. Um, unfortunately, Ramondre Stevenson is not going to be there for at least the first five games. So to me, like I think the obvious answer is going to be offensive line, but running back, a running game is a quarterback's best friend. And mm-hmm. I think the offensive line play can be good enough, even if it was just the same as last year with Spencer Rattler's athletic ability I think if they have that it'll be fine I just think having an extra running game to depend on when you know shit hits the fan that would help out Spencer Rattler a lot more in my opinion I think I think also too if you look this is something I'm going to be actually be working on later tonight and into the morning tomorrow but just the what is the offense you know going to look like I'm talking about two eight probably they're going to be running a lot of two H backs so you're going to see a lot of Stogner, Hall, uh, Jeremiah Hall, Braden Willis, and Michael Henderson, I think, too, is going to be able to get on the field this year. And you saw what they did with Grant Calcaterra and Mark Andrews um, in 2017, where they had both of them on the same field a lot. So it, if they go a bunch of two H-back stuff, I'm sure the protections in the run game, um, if that happens, will be fine. I'm wondering, though, without the non-conference, does Lincoln sort of go to that immediately? Because he didn't do it as much. He did a lot later in the season last year than he did earlier in the season. And I wonder if he has to go to it early or if he wanted to test out to see if they could just be, you know, 10 personnel, no um, tight ends on the field. 
and see if they can get the running game um, going. But without non-conference play, it's like you kind of have to resort right to what, you know, you think is going to work for the season. So uh, you know, they'll run a bunch of two HVAC stuff to help them out. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think right tackle, though, and left tackle, when those are your two question marks, though, Brady, I think that's, that's, that's going to be – It's important. It could, be, it could be end up being a problem. Exactly. Now, like you kind of mentioned it already, so I wanted to segue into that, um, the whole – Will will we have a non-conference schedule? Will we not have a non-conference schedule? Unless oh, I no, wait a second. Let me lead you into that. Brady, oh, please. Trantham, you've been talking about this for a couple weeks now. The floor is yours. Why should we have a spring season? Why? Because I want the most recognizable product possible. So if we go into a fall with – we're not going to have fans at all. Like there's not going to be 20%. There's not going to be 50%. It's just going to be like watching a scrimmage. And not half of the fun of watching college football on TV is the fan atmosphere, but damn near it's half. It's, it's like half the, the, the appeal, if you will. Sometimes like I'll just be flipping through the channels and there are two schools on that I don't really care about that have nothing to do with OU in terms of the rankings. But if the atmosphere looks fun and it's loud, like I'll probably put it down and start watching it. So we're not going to have that. And now we have, you know, the Big Ten, the Pac-12 already saying we're not going to do non-conference. We've got the ACC kind of like on the fence either way. The Big 12 and the SEC, like I said, unless something has happened in the last day and a half or so and I've missed it, thus far they haven't really at least leaned towards the direction of not having non-conference games. So, I mean, I already saw some rumor that Alabama's trying to um, pin down BYU for week one since their week original week one got canned. Um, it's just not going to be consistent across the board. Now, college football is not consistent across the board in the first place. We've got teams that play more conference games than other teams. We've got teams that uh, on purpose schedule shit non-conference teams, and then schools like OU go out of their way to make sure they at least have a name program on their non-conference slate. And even like schools like Tennessee that are down and suck, they still got talent. Like, you know that, Keegan. We, we look at the recruiting mm-hmm. rankings. They still have talent. So that's much better than playing, you know, Central Michigan or something like that. So it's not, it's not consistent across the board. This is just going to make it that much more consistent. So if we're even able to get from game one till the conference championship week and then maybe a playoff, how can you evaluate each team's resume when you've got some teams that played non-conference games and you've got other teams that didn't? To me, it's just not it's just not gonna be fair. So put it to the spring so we can buy ourselves. Expand some time. the playoff. Yeah, so we can expand the playoff, maybe, but at the at the end of the day, go into spring, buys us some time in terms of science, vaccine, all those things. And if we're able to, God willing, you know, get something, whether it's drug treatment or a vaccine, um, we, we will then probably be able to have some fan capacity in the stands maybe even around the stadium in terms of tailgating. So the, um, the atmosphere will be a little bit more recognizable. You'll have more consistency in terms of the scheduling because I think at that point, everyone would be on, yeah, we, we can't play a non-conference schedule at all. We can only do conference because we want to get back on track for 2021. Right. So that way it's easier to evaluate resumes. So to me, it makes the most sense. However, at the end of the day, like I'm a college football freak and – if they play in the fall, I'll, I'll still be happy. And then professionally, like I work for, you know, 107.7 of the franchise, we kind of need football around to help out the product. So 
Um, <laughs> it's a double-edged sword Don't for me. All. It's a double-edged sword for me. If um, just again, the worst thing for me that could possibly happen is that we attempt fall, get a game or two into it, and then it gets canned. It either put on hold or outright canceled because that to me is like you have wasted an opportunity to get fully prepared for a spring football season just simply because you didn't want to do the extra work and try something unprecedented. You just wanted to do something lazily and you put all these kids in danger. So bravo, motherfucker. That's going to be a good bleep. Yeah, you bleep that out. I mean, that, that's what's probably going to happen. But again, like let's lean back on what I've said also on the show. Even if you don't care about basketball, you want the NBA to work. Even if you don't care about baseball, you want baseball to work. You want all these sports to get off the ground and start working because that's just another feather in the cap of this can work. You just have to do the things necessary. But, I mean, Keegan, we've seen the NFL the last day. Not everyone's doing this well, I didn't, as best as possible. And that came out of nowhere, right? That is, again, that is a damn shame. Was, I didn't know that was happening. Yeah, it's – um. That's, they just put a schedule together and didn't agree on anything. They're stupid. That's, is that what we? That what happened? The NFL is clearly like at least run the by MLB idiots. and the. <laughs> at least the MLB and MLPA was negotiating the whole time, right? I, mean, I know there is a body of, of work. There's a body of work with Major League Baseball that we can actually they can show their work with the <laughs> NFL. It's just like they just wrote numbers down. It's like what what is what does any of this mean? They're like I don't know. Go put your pads on. Are we getting tested? I don't know. What the hell are we doing here? Yeah, the NBA's testing what every other day. Yeah, and they're building every a damn day, barber. Right? They're di- building a damn barber shop on in the bubble because you know what? When you take the proper precautions, you can do stupid shit like that. Before we move on to the bubble, maybe what that Oklahoma's in now. Yes, which exactly. is kind of crazy to think about. I am all in. I I know I threw the idea out. I've talked about being biased about the idea because it was mine. But the eight-game or nine-game regular season, you play a conference championship game because the Big Ten, Is ACC, this the fall or the spring? Spring for you. Spring. Spring. Okay. And then the ACC and then the um, SEC, ACC and Big Ten. Gosh, dang it. Anyways, they, they all play. Those you know, they have 14 teams. 12, they have 12 teams, 14 teams. So, I mean, they're, they're going to have to play a conference championship game. So, if you just play nine regular season games, Conference championship game, eight-game playoff. The college football playoff was agreed upon by all 10 Power 5 commissioners with, I believe, maybe ESPN. I'm not sure on that end. So, I mean, they could all come together and work on this. I mean, it, it can't happen. I mean, that, the playoff is separate from the NCAA. Yeah. You don't get so, an NCAA trophy for winning the college football playoff. It's a different trophy. It's a different award and all that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so that part of it can't happen. So I, I'm all in. I, I think the spring season works. The vaccine, like you talked about, gives us more time to figure stuff out. It gives us more time, you know, for them, the logistics of it too, in terms of if they want to make more money from ESPN or what the playoffs going to bring to the table for the conferences, all those things can get figured out um, between now and then. We're kind of, what, it's July 19th. We're a month and a half until the first game. Oklahoma's <laughs> trying to <laughs> – how it's crazy so, is that i know um and look i'll say this because i've heard this argument against the spring semester or the spring football thing i don't give a rat's ass about well the best players won't play you're talking about like one percent of college football rosters may potentially sit out 
Will Creed Humphrey not play? Probably not. Will Lincoln Riley probably tell him, yeah, you probably sh- should just sit out, big guy. Like, this isn't worth it. Save your body. Save your health. Go to the NFL Wait, draft. Wait, the NFL you know what? can just – they could work together. Why they don't could. they just work together? The they NFL could. draft gets pushed back. They could, but the NFL is not going to do that, and you know it. You know this because they can't even plan their own shit. They're not going to help out college football, something that they get for free. If that happens and Creed, the Creed Humphreys of the world sit out, the Trevor Lawrences sit out, you know what, college football fan, you're used to this. You are used to only being, being able to see great football players play for maybe a year or two. And then guess what? They get reloaded with some other badass guy that you're like, oh my gosh, this guy's incredible. <laughs> so it just speeds up the process. Again, like this isn't fair for anybody. There's gonna, there is no perfect scenario here. There is no perfect answer. Like the spring football season is not perfect, but just because of where this is going, and just like you said, Keegan, we're a month away from OU's first game, and I am nowhere near in football mode. No, I know, the, I know no, these players. I know these players have been working out, and they're probably much more in tune to be in football mode than I am. But not having spring football not having summer, you know, workouts, you know, team, like, volunteer stuff, and then fall camp like normal. I'm sorry. You need more time, not just for the world to catch up to this thing. And when I say the world, I mean the United States of America, unfortunately. You need more time for the world to catch up to this. But you also need more time for these players to get in football shape. And a month and a half is not enough time. So if you truly care about the health and safety of these players – you want spring football. Again, if they play football in the fall, I'll still be a happy little boy. <laughs> no, like I said, if the NFL comes in, they can have the combine before the season, and then they can have the NFL draft afterwards. You know? So, yep. but kind of along the same lines of what you said, it's been so hard to try to talk about and write about college football. It feels like, you know, the Brig 12 preseason stuff comes out, this and that. It's like, are we even sure these are going to matter? Yeah, like, I just wish somebody would make a decision because, like, I feel like we are super close to the end point of, okay, either shit or get off the pot. Are we going to play in the fall or are we not going to play in the fall? That date should be, like, this week. And, I, and we're not going okay, to get a... August 1st. We're not going to get a yes or no. We are not going to get, like, somebody in a white lab coat or, or in a suit that comes on ESPN and says, we will have football in the fall. Everybody is on board. It's going to happen. Because then it's like, okay, then I know what to do. Like, you would know what to do professionally because then all those preseason polls would matter. The rosters would matter. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to have that day. We're just pretty much going to get into August. We're going to get to the end of August and go, well, we haven't heard that we're not having fall football, so I guess next week let's get ready to watch football. It'll, I, I guess I'm afraid that it will be like it was whenever we close things down. Because, like, if you remember with OU – the Rudy Gobert thing happened and then we were supposed to have our first like post-practice media thing with the team or like uh no we had 20 minutes of practice to shoot for cameras yeah. and video and stuff and we didn't know all day up until like an hour 30 minutes to an hour before that the that it was called off I just I'm a, I just don't want us to run up to the starting line for this thing and it just collapse exactly because it, because you can't you can't do, then there's how much time do you have to make up for a spring season you've already lost a month and a half of planning for it so i mean it's yeah and they're not going to cancel the season they they'd lose too much money 
Um, yeah, that is it, true. It would be detrimental. So if you don't have football in the fall, they're just going to move it to the spring. But if they do end up moving it to the spring, it's just going to be this whole thing where I'm going to be like, you had three months to tell the fan bases that, hey, it's not going to happen in the fall. So don't get your hopes up. Like make different plans. Everyone's going to be in a different you know, frame of mind at that point. But they just wasted three months of just hoping against hope that they could have their sport in the fall. But again, we don't know right now. So let's just kind of move forward as if football will be played in, oh my God, what, like a month. <laughs> it just doesn't, doesn't feel like it at all. And part of it is just going to be because basketball is going to be on. Like it's, it's going to be so weird. Like basketball and football kind of, you know, they play up against each other towards the middle of college football season. But even then, it, it, even then it's kind of weird. This is going to be a zillion times weird for a, you know, a zillion different reasons, but um, yeah, I, I guess as we move forward, like one more thing on the poll, I got, and this is kind of a abrupt shift because I, I just basically want to get your thoughts on this. Like you're, you're like hardcore, like pumping up the TCU hype train right now. TCU? Yeah. For the upcoming season, TCU football? Yeah. Did, I'm did not you, that high. No, yeah, I'm not that like, high on them. Well, okay. Wait one second. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to like, I'm going to look for the receipts. I'm high on West Virginia. Now, why the hell would you do that? <laughs> I like the way they played at the end of the season. Neil Brown's a good coach. They have the Big they, 12 Defensive Player of the Year preseason. They, I, they, they've got talent. I, I think they could win some ball games. Oklahoma goes on the road there to Morgantown. That's my – I've had that circled since that schedule came out. I mean, I think they're going to be pretty good. And I think TCU is going to be good next year, 2021. That might have been it. Because I thought you were going to jump on their uh, – what's their quarterback's name Max again? Max Duggan. Matt's no, I compared him – hey, you ready? I, I, I compared him to a more athletic Trevor Knight. <laughs> right? I mean, is it wrong? He makes some throws to where you're just like – He's a bigger Trevor high. Knight. Yeah, I mean, that's for sure. Um, he's fast, though. He's fast. But I mean, Trevor, Trevor Knight was quick. He wasn't really like – fast like he could just get from a to b pretty quickly but like i mean my point is is i don't think max duggan's gonna is the answer for tcu okay because that's that's what my big gripe was gonna be i'm i was just like i i don't see it with this kid like i know he made some plays against ou's defense but i mean who who i'm not talking about sugar bowl trevor knight brady i'm talking about trevor knight the football player Uh, fair enough fair enough fair enough trevor knight you know is a sooner legend you know deservingly so for some reasons but (laughs) <laughs> it is what it is all right so i hold my allegiances elsewhere you know oh i know you do we'll get to that towards the end of the show um now is the time where i want to remind everybody that the pod is sponsored by new balance of edmund please go to new balance of edmund get their shoes get their shirts while keegan renault is wearing a nike shirt and i'm wearing a nike polo but guess what i got new balances on my feet but not right now because i'm indoors don't wear your shoes inside it's kind of gross keegan recruiting Things have been a little topsy-turvy in OU recruiting land. There's a lot of rumors. There's a lot of, like, peep the location on this kid's Twitter account. Oh, my gosh, it's hot Norman. What's going on? Will OU be able to land a top defensive recruit from the state of Oklahoma? Or will they lose once again to a school like A&M or so? I don't know. We can get into the history as to why that that's, that's a, you know, a trend for OU's uh, recruiting, of course. But basically, a lot of the things that I've heard over the last, you know, basically since July 4th, Keegan, is, all right, the Caleb Williams thing dropped, the Cutchin thing dropped, that, th- those were great, but the boom wasn't as loud as previously anticipated. 
are you starting to get at all worried on the recruiting trail for OU? I mean, what's your concern level or is there any, any concern at all? Well, I, 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 the first thing I want to say is it is interesting. And I said this on the Periscope tonight that it's almost as if I'm not saying they listen to us anyway, that I know I got into a Twitter argument earlier today on about that, but it's clear that Alex Grinch is betting on their evaluations and you can take it or leave it. Caleb Johnson, the, he committed this week, the corner. I don't know much about him at all. This isn't a guy that I, I've even heard much of a peep about, even on my end. And I know I'm not in the recruiting world left and right, but I usually can pick, hear things down the line at some point. Pops up out of nowhere. You know, really fast, long, but, you know, he, you're trusting Alex Grinch and their evaluations of this defense and what they want and the scheme fits and everything. So that said – I think you talk about Prophet Brown. I think that's the first name that comes up, and I'll get into the A&M talk you were saying a second ago. Yeah. But Prophet Brown, you know, that's a guy, Oklahoma. It, you, I would have had him pegged for – I've had him pegged for months to go to Oklahoma. And it seems like in one week it flips from Oklahoma to USC. And, well, whether that's a numbers thing or not, I can tell you I don't know, but the numbers are tight this year. I guess this is where I can talk about a little bit about what I know now. Um, distance from home is not a factor. It's, this is a guy that he, a lot of, at the beginning, a lot of people said that he wouldn't leave home. He wouldn't do, you know, this and that he, he, he's from Oklahoma. He grew up an Oklahoma fan. That's, that's not a factor. He, he, parents are fine with him going elsewhere. They'll, they'll travel, see him play, whatever. So that said, I haven't heard A&M. So that coming out of nowhere was interesting. I've had Clemson and I've had LSU brought up to me besides Oklahoma. So A&M coming out of nowhere in this deal has been very just out of it. I've never seen A&M do it. You know, you see Ohio state, you'll see Alabama with Jace McClellan come in. Just, it seems like at a flip of a hat um, that, they, that he flips Alabama, but the A&M thing's interesting. So that leads me to think, come signing day, we'll see if he's still committed to A&M, if that's what he chooses on August 1st. I don't know what he's going to choose. I think it's Oklahoma, but I'm not confident at all. Well, I do want to get into a little bit what you're talking about, about Alex Grinch and his, um, his evaluations. And I would just say for a, a, a burned OU fan, especially on that side of the ball, where you end up with like three star, like second tier or third tier guys, you know, it's not your first choice, maybe not even your second choice, but you know, maybe the staff can uh, develop this player into a a contributor, Mm -hmm. a starter, an all conference player, you know, and you keep going up and up. Now I was Grinch, like he has the benefit of the doubt simply because I don't know what his value, his ability to evaluate players at a school like OU is like, but in terms of OU defensive you know, recent history, getting a three-star does nothing for me because that's what OU's been ha- – that's, that's what they've been throwing out there in playoff games and getting embarrassed with. I mean, that's just the fact of the matter. So, like, I want to give Alex Grinch the benefit of the doubt like I do with Lincoln Riley and a, a, a few question marks on offense, but those mm-hmm. are not the same thing. I'll give Alex Grinch the benefit of the doubt because I think he's a good coach. Um, I think he's got a brain, unlike some previous coaches. You know, who knows? And because I just don't, I simply don't know. I have no reason to believe that it won't work. I have no reason to believe that it will work. So I guess I'm just like, yeah, I have no choice but to trust. 
the evaluation of this coach thus far. Yeah, no, and with, like you said before, they were, you know, fitting a bunch of square pegs into round holes on that defense, whether they were a three-star or a four-star. They, they weren't necessarily everybody was a scheme fit. They were just trying to collect as much talent as possible. Yeah. And in football, you just that, that can't happen. you got to be able to – what fits your defense, what you want to do. And obviously, Alex Grinch has a body type he likes. And I do want to say, Kenneth Murray was a three-star guy. And yeah. Parnell Molly was a three-star. Parnell Molly was a three-star guy, but when you're, it's overwhelmingly that way over time. It just where you, you just get the depth. You, you know, you get a Kenneth Murray, but if he gets hurt, who's behind him? You know, yeah, you, you have you Ryan just, Mead playing. You decrease your margin for error, like mm-hmm. by, by just stockpiling like more and more talent. Now, what you just said is as another positive for Alex Grinch in this whole in this whole ordeal is that he has an identity. Like you know, sometimes like you may not have you know, an Adrian Peterson, but if you right. have an identity and you've got players that run that scheme and execute it, sometimes it just doesn't matter. Sometimes you can just out execute. And what we saw out of Alex Grinch's defense last season was we saw, a, you know, the defense last year, it had Kenneth Murray, had Neville Gallimore, had Parnell Motley. It had some talent, but more times than not, they were just out executing their opponent. They were diagnosing the play mm-hmm. and they were getting to the ball quicker than the offense was getting it out to that spot like the texas game's the biggest example like they diagnosed about every other play and made it happen were they more talented that was everybody on the field too yeah so like yeah having an identity certainly helps i would i i'm just trying to speak for the burned ou fan and that's not the entire fan base but just like another three star like is it trending? Like, is the recruiting actually trending in the proper direction, or is this going to just be what OU is? Well, I think at the at one point that you know, what is the expectation for this recruiting class? We were talking top five, top six, right, two to three weeks ago, and there's still a chance that can happen. You talk about some of the fish on the offense, the big fish that are out there still in Emeka Buka, Bryce Foster, Tristan Lee, Savion Bird. But then on the defense, it seems like those are dwindling. It seemed like they were out in front for a bunch of guys. I mean, you thought for a while there it would be Kelvin Gilliam, the defensive lineman, Marcus Burris, another defensive lineman. No, you're not so sure about those guys as much as you were a month ago. And, you know, so on and so forth. So that part of it definitely, um, it seems like, I don't know if a downtrend is the right way to say this or even the best way to put it. But maybe it's not that defensive side's not as highly touted of guys as everyone else. Now, Caleb Johnson is a guy that did have Alabama. He had an offer from Alabama. If you want to talk about his offer list, Alabama, I believe LSU, um, Texas, some, and I believe both Texas schools. I don't have it up in front of me. But, you know, he's, he's a guy that a lot of schools offered. Um, but at the end of the day, like you said, yeah, I mean, the – getting burned by some of the bigger guys later on and having to settle for someone else. I don't foresee that happening. I see them wrapping this class up with who they want to get. Um, if, even if it's a tier two guy, you know, yeah. you, this, you start, you start missing, you miss one, you can miss one unless you go all in like they did with, you know, Proctor and a couple other guys and you get left behind. But um, no, this, I think Alex Rinch, they'll find the guy that they want. They clearly wanted Caleb Johnson. They clearly – maybe they did want Prophet Brown. Maybe they didn't want a couple other guys as well. Um, so they're getting guys they want. That's a positive. 
But at the end of the day, like you said, I, you know, the margin for error, um, the, you know, the better talented guys that you can get in the country in recruiting, the better chances that one of them pans out. And, you know, they, they have a couple, but we'll see. You know, linebacker for me remains the biggest question mark. You've got to have a guy in that defense, I think, that plays like Kenneth Murray, and I just don't see that, whether it's Shane Witter, whether, you know, and I, I don't want that kid's just now getting on campus, but, you know, he reminds me of a Jordan Evans type you know, top type of ceiling. So yeah. um, linebacker remains the biggest question mark. And they're just not, I, I don't foresee a guy. Oh no. I don't <laughs> foresee a guy that, uh, th- that they're, that that's out there right now that is going to be that guy when they come in. So maybe they land them here in the coming, you know, months, days, whatever. I believe Prince Collie, he's a guy that I do like a lot. A lot. He's got a high ceiling on film. And so we'll see if they can pan out there, but like you said, at the end of the day, this def- this defense needs to continue to stockpile top talent. Um, they've got Clayton Smith, you know, Clayton Smith's big time guy, um, Latroma Cutchin, obviously. Some of the places, if they can land, if they can get Kendall Daniels to sign Brady, I think that solves a lot of problems. And therein is the next little topic. Kendall Daniels is, of course, um, maybe like is is he like the just the biggest polarizing name in terms of like OU fans are just starting to get paranoid about. Can't oh you just can't oh you land him. I mean, he put out that tweet. Was that today or yesterday? Of like, it's hot here, and the location was Norman. And does that okay? Real quick, there was a rumor because of a tweet. He did the same thing, right? Yeah. And had College Station. Does that make you think he actually didn't take that trip? I, I'm not going to begin to speculate at all about what a 17 year old is doing. <laughs> you know, like, like, I'm not. I don't. I don't give a damn. All I care about is where they end up basically. And I hope that they have fun, of course, at the end of the day, but, um, Kendall Daniels, it we needs to, turn to happen. My light on. It ne- yeah. You do need to turn your light on, but Kendall Daniels just flat out needs to happen for this defense. But I will say this, like just for the high school recruit right now, if I am, you know, if I am thinking about, OU, what I saw out of, you know, Grinch's defense last year. Good, good. I kind of need to see more to make sure that this is not just a flash in the pan one good year because you had Kenneth Murray, who was extremely talented, Neville Gallimore and those guys. If you can do it again, then there's a, at least a track record. So Alex Grinch only has so much that he can sell this program, if you know what I mean. The one thing they still can sell, though, is Parnell Motley. I mean, he looked lot. I mean, I thought he was done for. You know, play, have a good senior year, go on, do what, uh, graduate, go back to Baltimore, do great things there. And then he ended up being a top, you know, a, a guy we thought should have been drafted. He clearly got picked up really quick. I know a, a bunch of people down, uh, he got picked up by Tampa Bay. I, I think that's 100% right. He went, and there's a lot of people down there that thinks he's going to be like the third corner for him. You know, I think you could point to that, but overall, yeah, like you said, and I mentioned to this earlier, it goes to that point, Brady. They defensively, if they can just replicate what they did a year ago, if they can just somehow that production, you don't want the the disastrous game that it was against Kansas State. Can't have that happen. But if they can just replicate what they did last season, I think Oklahoma in terms of even, you know, potentially pushing past the playoff into a national championship based on how the season is now, I think defensively that's going to help out a lot. I, now, I think in terms of recruiting. Now, as it concerns Kendall Daniels, you know, safety out of Oklahoma, 
Um, we've seen this movie before, Keegan. Over the last few years, OU's not able to land that type of player from their own backyard for, I would say, a plethora of, plethora of reasons, excuse me, but the reason is just one, and its name is Mike Stoops. He's not here anymore. That's why Kendall Daniels needs to happen. I have no earthly idea how good this kid is because I, I haven't watched one lick of film on this kid. I read what you say, Keegan. I, I listen to what other people who follow recruiting at the franchise, what they say about him. I have no reason to not be excited about potentially landing this kid, but just from the standpoint alone that he's a safety from Oklahoma, highly ranked, highly thought of, you've got you to gotta knock, knock that down. So please tell me, why is A&M getting away with illegally recruiting during a f***ing dead period? That, <laughs> that just, ha- yeah. F*** Jimbo Fisher. That dude is great value, whoa, Gene Chizik. Whoa, whoa, I know whoa, you do, whoa. I know you're not agreeing with me, but I'm a fan here. F*** Jimbo Fisher. He's done nothing except have Jameis Winston <laughs> one year. He's done nothing. He couldn't even beat Landry Jones. Whenever we, whenever we, whenever we post... <laughs> there, that was an unneeded shot at Lady Jones, but whenever we post this podcast, you've got to tell people to fast forward to what just happened. Okay. But that's a problem. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for the listeners out there that are just like, what? There's a report yes. it, just, it just hit the kind of internet a little bit. The internet, if you will. There is a report out there. There is a internet... There is a report out there that Kendall Daniels visited Texas A&M and kept it quiet. All these other kids that have visited campuses, Brady, have just said it. They're like, we're just going to visit the campus. We're just yeah. driving by it. Why not just come out and say that? Because now what, what, what does everybody think? You can't even defend that at this point. Again, like if anybody can keep things quiet or like potentially silence people that would otherwise report stuff like that, it's Texas A&M because they're just a cult. They are a cult. They play dress-up army men. Like I've said a handful of times, Keegan, when I, I used to love dressing up in my dad's uniform. He's in the Air Force. I used to love dressing up in his uniform and playing like <laughs> army men. But that's when I was fucking six. These people go to College Station and just like, yay, we're, we're pretend army men. We've got swords. We're going to stab you, and then we're going to get all these five stars who will go on to have good NFL careers, but they will do nothing here. They will do nothing in college football. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this crap. Texas A&M sucks. They've sucked forever. They had a good little run in the 90s. They had one good year with Johnny Manziel. Congratulations. They still brag about a Cotton Bowl win. That doesn't tell you what kind of program they are then. Ooh, you won the Cotton Bowl against a forgettable OU. T- oh, no. They, they did it, guys. They turned the corner. Texas A&M sucks. They've done nothing. They lost to Case McCoy in the, the last time Texas, Texas A&M ever going to play. Texas got scoreboard forever, and they lost to Case McCoy. Last Case McCoy. Uh, who was the kicker who kicked the field goal? Was the dude from the Ravens? That's really good. Who's that? Who's, who, who's Baltimore's uh, kicker? Tucker, Justin, T- Justin yeah. Tucker. Was it Justin Tucker that kicked that field goal? Man, I don't, Aggie, I don't Ag- remember. Aggie tears, both orange and maroon, man. They sustain me. They're delicious. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> th- this nonsense. Look, OU's not a – like, OU cheats too. I'm sure they do. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. But I'm just assuming that because some schools do, other schools probably do as well. Th- this is Bush League. A&M just needs to go – be reminded of what they are and it's just a mid-tier program for now until the end of time which fortunately for them like time might be ending fairly soon the way things are going so 
their uh, suffering should end fairly soon as well, if that's the case. You want to talk about Oklahoma being in a bubble now, or do we need to continue to talk about Kendall Daniels and Texas A&M? One more thing on Kendall Daniels. You, you need to – because I've, I've said enough, so you go ahead. <laughs> Actually, now that this – is, this is perfect that this is happening while on the podcast. This is, a, this is a great opportunity for Oklahoma to go after Ty Williams from Muskogee that is committed to Oklahoma State. That is a big-time player, Brady. I mean, I'm talking guy who looks like could be a future All-American kind of safety. Big-time guy. Yeah, and, it, you know, if, if that's the plan B, then so be it. I mean, you can always get the little extra boost from, like, all right, now we actually kind of want this player. Sorry, OSU. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. and, and when is the track record? Anytime OU, um, I think there was a couple years ago, and that was it, maybe. Uh, that Oklahoma offered a guy. But, I mean, for the most part, Ryan Broyles, I mean, it goes back to Broyles. You have um, Brendan Walker from Bishop McGinnis last year flipped. If Oklahoma wanted to get involved there, I'm sure they could. And everyone's favorite, Levi Draper. Forgot about Levi. How could you forget about Levi Draper? (laughs) He's everyone's favorite. I mean, basically sure. any parent that listens to this podcast, Brady's already turned it off, so. <laughs> Are parents mad? What are the parents mad about? Can we just appreciate, while we're still here, that of an, what an all-time Texas a and I have never heard someone go off about Texas A&M like that. You know who was in power, Keegan, like in the world the last time A&M won like, a <laughs> national title? I'll tell you this. No Des- Deshaun, I'll just say this. Deshaun Jackson misquoted him, so. That's who it was. That was a long time ago. Oh, no way. So it yeah. was during F- it was FDR, was president of the United I, States. He was president during World mm, War, right? Well, yeah, but... World War II? Hitler was in power in Germany, before, I think, before oh, FDR was he, president. He, he who must not be named. Yeah, the guy that Deshaun Jackson misquoted, even though, <laughs> even though Deshaun Jackson was still saying something that is technically not... A, an actual quote from that guy but you read the quote and it's like you know what i can actually believe that that dude said that because <laughs> the track record it's not very good um a&m you've done nothing um remember last year when kirk herbstreet called out like the 12th man just like is it actually that tough of a place to play because like really like their best home win in the last 25 30 years is it like that one win against OU in 2002 with Reggie McNeil Yo, is, I think they that's beat it. LSU they beat LSU in that seven overtime game eight yeah, overtime when, game when LSU was like a four loss team like the game itself was like fun because it was like seven overtimes but I'm talking about like program altering defining win potentially and yeah you like number one team in OU comes to town you beat them that's good they were never able to do anything with it because they suck (laughs) they have always sucked their culture is of the suck they know nothing else but to suck and they will always suck except for that one random year you always have that one random year guys just hold out hope (laughs) brady i'm i'm i don't know where to go from here well i guess we need to go into um probably the rose bowl (laughs) yeah that's a good little palace oh you just just so you can continue well, maybe. I ha- <laughs> okay, so for all the listeners out there, like we've said a zillion times, Keegan and I are in a pretty f- pretty fiery, fiery. Today is probably is the most fired up I've, fiery, I've seen in a while. Fiery 
conversation. And it dealt mainly with, uh, amongst other things, with the Rose Bowl. And the Rose Bowl, Keegan, is just going to be something that, unfortunately, from now until the end of Sooner time, it's just going to be one of those games that just... Until just they ne- win. If, they, ne- if Oklahoma oh. wins one of the next three to four years... No, no. No, I was no. just going to say, oh, you can go on a six-year, seven-year run where they win three national titles in that, in that span. And you OU won't fans, forget it? Yeah, because think of it this way. Like, OU fans older than us, like my dad, who, li- who were in high school during the, like, the 80s, you know, OU won a national title in 85, but they also went 33-3 and three in those three years, and those three losses were all to Miami, and it hurts. So OU can go on a nice little run over the next decade, but OU fans are always going to still look back and think Baker Is Mayfield because of Baker. It. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it has a lot to do with Baker. Kyler Murray, I think, is a better quarterback in like every other way, but Baker Mayfield was just maybe For it was sure. just because he was here longer. He was just he was the fan base, and yeah. he, des- he deserved better. The guy better. took a flag out in the middle after he ran out of the tunnel, took a flag before games, and would go swam in the end zone. Who does yeah, that? It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Now I'm going to say this, Keegan, knowing that you don't subscribe to this. You are not party to this. You're just simply listening to the ramblings and rantings of a crazy man. But Baker Mayfield deserved better than his final college football game playing for a school that was blindly loyal to a coach who wasn't there anymore and a school who would, you know, probably all but disallow its new head coach from firing the defensive coordinator that he did not choose and did not want clearly because of the results. But because of that, Baker Mayfield had to go plot out there with Mike Stoops' defense giving up 10 yards per rush against Georgia and still should have won. Still should have won. Two bad series in the third quarter. Two bad series. You're pulling me in here. I, you know, it's, at it's the end, when you talk about that game, just the way I, – I think I, the, I put it the best way. I tweeted it at, at the end of the game or when it happened, whenever Georgia took the first lead, that – 38 points, so it had to have been later in the game. 38 points is enough to win a football game, no matter what. And we'll that I can't get past that point, nor can I get past the 10 yards per carry that Georgia had. And those two things are in the opposite ends of the spectrum. And I'll say this, that I think you should be more upset as a fan that Alex Grinch – wasn't here in 2018 because they didn't fire Mike after 2017. Oh, I know. I I think that's what you should be the most upset about. I remember thinking after the Rose Bowl, like, well, at least he's gone, and then we'll just have Kyler Murray next year with a new defensive coordinator. And just by virtue of it being a different human being with a different set of eyes and a different voice, maybe the defense will be marginally better, if not just a tad more consistent, God forbid. And then we'll have Kyle Murray out there scoring touchdowns. Great. That, of course, didn't happen. Like, I- I'm sorry. Like, my biggest thing was just when Bob retired, Mike, why didn't she just jump on the train, too? You've, you've clearly he had made – to- He had a lot to prove. I mean, he did. But, I mean, it wasn't – I see your face. I'm, he did. They, they were not – the 20 – he had to come back to coach because of the 2016 Texas Tech game. That ruined. I mean, that ruined. He should his, actually. That's when he should have just been. That's when he just should have retired. 
Like that. Yeah, but they look so good against Auburn, even in the run game. Auburn was eight. Auburn was eight and four and couldn't Artists, throw. They they could no, not that, perform. That the quarterback, quarterback was such Sean White. What, what was it? His name Sean White. Sean White, and then they had the backup guy come in. None of them oh, could throw. The, oh, the guy from uh, Florida Atlantic, right? The yeah. last chance you guy. Yeah, they're yeah. not from Florida. Like last chance you guy. Yeah. No, I mean, so if you go back to the Rose Bowl. That's where my biggest complaint that I have is, is that if you if 2019 was Alex Grinch, Spencer Rattler would have been here or as an early enrollee. He would have been the starting quarterback. Everybody knows my opinions on the last half of the season with Oklahoma's offense last year. I'm not going to go into a rant. You didn't get your quotes. Yeah, we know. We know. <laughs> that's, professionals don't go on rants, right? But I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but I think the last half of the season probably doesn't happen, and Oklahoma is in a very good position to win a national championship last year. Not firing Mike in 2017 cost Oklahoma in 2019. Not, 20, not as much 2018, but 2019. And we've seen what freshman quarterbacks have been able to do in Trevor Lawrence and Tua. And even Justin Fields – probably would have looked just as good at Georgia. Um, also, to the same point – oh, to the same point, Brady, if we're here, Oklahoma is the reason why Jake Fromm was still the starting quarterback at Georgia and not Justin Fields. Oh, I know. I know, because Mike Stoops made him look like Joe f***ing Montana. <laughs> what, he had no, no turnovers, under 10 incompletions in a playoff game. A freshman – played with poise, threw with accuracy and strength that he never replicated ever the, the again. The worst – no, 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 no. The, not even the worst part was the arm strength. None of the throwing was the worst part of that. He saw in Oklahoma's defense that he could make a, an adjustment at the line of scrimmage as a freshman to get into just a, a straight zone play to the boundary for Sony Michelle. And Sony Michelle did not get touched for 40 yards. Yeah, and look, you know, if there are any former players listening to this podcast for whatever reason that played on that team, I, I am not blaming you. Your leadership failed you. You know this. They talked about – all right, you want to – It has been talked did you, about. Did, yes. you hear, did you hear that Kyler Merton and uh, some of the guys off that team, I believe Cody Ford was on there and Nick Basquin was, Yeah. and they brought up the Rose Bowl in 2017 – they started talking about the defense and then kind of tapered off. Oh yeah. I, I, they they're like we should have had two of we. Kyle was like, yeah, I should have had two of them. I think. No, again, so, it's just it's just I mean, going to be it's, something. It's talked about. It's going to be talked about. I will say, um, I if you are one of those that argues that the squib kick is what lost OU the game. I have, I'm not going to argue that it wasn't a turning point by any means. It clearly was. You don't want to give your opponent three free points right before halftime when they've been dominated the entire half. I have no problem with the call. Like, clearly, Lee could rise. Like, yeah, let's not kick it to their two best players that we've had, you know, already had trouble with tackling. Let's just squib it. This is a routine play at the, in this situation. It's a routine play. Just squib it. Let's go to halftime up 31-14. The kicker just didn't execute. And sometimes in, in sports, you call a play that's routine in that situation. 
and the player just doesn't execute. And this is one of those examples. And it just unfortunately helps snowball into what eventually happened. So if you're going to sit there and say, it wasn't all defense's fault, it was that damn squib kick call, you are wrong. The call is fine. It just wasn't executed. Is this a full-fledged attack on Big B? Not at all. Big B knows how I feel. <laughs> Big B knows exactly how I feel. Like you, but and, Big, but it's you true. and Big B need to kiss and make up. But I go quiet for days and then come back and it's just... <laughs> it's just burning to the ground. Like, we need, we need football. We just... Again, because it's going to be something that went during down periods like this, it's going to be brought up, you know, this year next year five years from now 10 years from now it's unfortunately five years ago 20 years ago to be exactly yeah and hey oh you oh you made their bed when they remained loyal to their (laughs) to their dead king that's what happens that is what happens no lincoln you can't fire this guy I'm, i'm blaming kendall daniels if this podcast gets removed why is that because <laughs> he's the reason behind these rants but i want to go to the rose bowl I'm, I'm joking around to a point but <laughs> i'm going i'm going back to the rose bowl like you said the squib kick it was a turning point it was clearly a momentum play but at the end of the day it's like i said on the periscope when you weren't there to hear my answer to your question yeah you silenced me no, I answered it at the questions part. There's a questions phase at the end. That's where you ask your questions. Oh. Yeah. So, like I said on the Periscope, it, it's like a guy, you know, hits a, a walk-off home run, right? Everybody's ball, woo, he hit, he won the game for everybody. He could have gone one for four. God, you're using baseball as the analogy here. Continue. You can use baseball for, you can use baseball for any analogy. Continue. You got to get you got to get up to the times. You've got four days to pick a team, Brady. Uh, I was an Astros fan when I was a kid. Can't be can't root for them anymore. Oh, they've been canceled in twenty twenty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Them, I guess them and the Yankees as well. But I guess I'll be a Blue Jays. We know fan. there's. I'll be a Blue Jays fan since they're coming to Oklahoma. How sick would that be? Would never happen, but that would be awesome if we got the short season. Um, if you know if that just played at the brick, but no, I like like the squib kick. It it was a momentum play, but the what happened in the game was so much more important. I mean, like you, we've already talked about Jake Fromm, we've talked about Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb just running rampant on Oklahoma's defense. It ha- I mean, it happened. Oklahoma's moving forward. That's been my whole point about to this whole thing. Oklahoma is closer now to winning a national championship than they were three years ago. I know it sucks. But that's where it's at. That's where we're at. Let's think forward. Yeah, and, like, again, they just have to hit on quarterback still because that's always going to be a question mark until it's we see it. Because OU's had the luxury of having Baker, Kyler, and then to an ex- a lesser extent, Jalen Hurts. Those are three quarterbacks that you can, on paper, win national titles with, in my opinion. Obviously, the first two are easy. Like, of course you can. Jalen Hurts is you could people would probably argue me on that one, but I think you can probably win a national title with Jalen Hurts as your quarterback. Alabama couldn't. They they should have. Their defense let them down. But then again, Clemson with Deshaun Watson's pretty darn good. Oh, that is and true. Real I mean, quick, his going first back, time, his first attempt. Yeah, and real quick, real quick on the Rose Bowl, Georgia's good too. You know, they were going to make plays. I'm not sitting here trying to say that oh, you should have won 52 to 17 or anything like that. 
Georgia was going to make a run. But anyway, they just, they're going to have to hit on their quarterback with Spencer Rattler because it's, it's not a guarantee that he's a, a next in line to be the, you know, an OU quarterback. He could be pretty good, but what if he's, what if he's Landry Jones? A very, that's a very good college quarterback with the ceiling. Landry with Link, hey, put Landry with Lincoln Riley. Landry had a ceiling, man. Lincoln Riley Landry was not. Sh- this is maybe my second or third bleep, but Lin- Landry had a shit cannon, Brady. Like, yeah, he could, done, he could throw them. They would so- have thrown. It would have been Texas Tech North if Landry was with Lincoln Riley. That's for sure. He could throw the ball. He could make every throw. Yeah. Jamarcus Russell could throw the ball really well, too. <laughs> it, it just once. So, real once, quick. Before, we're getting off on got- a tangent here. We're getting off on another tangent here. Go ahead. Spencer, I don't think will be Landry Jones. No, but so. I'm just I'm just trying to say like, what if he's like a very good college quarterback that can make all the throws, but just simply for whatever reason has a ceiling. Russell Westbrook is a fucking Hall of Fame basketball player, but he has a ceiling. You know what I mean? And we know this because we've seen him play for 10 plus years. Some players are really good, but just simply have ceilings. We don't know what Spencer Rattler is going to be. We don't know if he's going to be his ceiling is Heisman trophy winning national title, potentially winning quarterback, or he's a guy that can throw for all those yards, beat Texas, beat OSU, but just for whatever reason for 13, 14 games in a year, can't put it all together. We don't know because we haven't seen him yet. And the good thing though, to that is they got another guy with an extremely high ceiling coming in. Exactly, and that goes back so, to decreasing your margin for error. You know, that's exactly goes back to that whole thing. So, and if and if and and even too, Traylon Morris is still at Oklahoma. I, oh, I know yes. those are the same thing. Those are the same things that were said about Tanner Mordecai, and those are the same things said about Austin Kendall. But I mean, if it needed be, Traylon Morris could be a quality quarterback at Oklahoma too. So, they they they've got the stability they need. Um, to be able to probably win a national championship in the next three to four years. It's all about just putting the pieces together and then the ball falling your way sometimes, you know. You're talking about 2017, if Austin Cyber doesn't kick it right at the guy, Oklahoma's probably playing Alabama in the national championship. I mean, the ball's got to fall your way sometimes, and they've got the pieces. they got to put them all together. Co- they, I think they got the right coaching staff. Um, we'll see if they can continue to figure out ways to get better um, there. I don't know if they can, but – you know, just they, they, they've got a shot. And right now, like we've talked about earlier today, that the, that's the decade, um, it's been a decade since Oklahoma's true championship windows open. And this is it now. And we'll see if they can kind of counter, if they can make, I, I guess, take advantage of that. And with our so. luck, with our luck, the season will get put on hiatus. and then they'll lose like two or three high-end players because they want to get ready for the draft but keegan any other parting thoughts before we get out of here um wanted to say if people made this this podcast there were a couple other things that we didn't touch on missouri state games trying to get moved up yes a week before we didn't weren't able to talk about that last week um oklahoma is going to allow missouri state to use all their testing capacity it's very kind of us OU Health and Science, uh, the OU Health and Sciences Center, and then three Demarco Murray, by the way, part maybe part owner of the New York Mets. Thoughts very, on that? It's very very cool, very cool. 
your running backs. I can't like I can't. I, I don't know if that's ever been a thing before. You're running a running backs coach owning a professional. I mean, part well, ownership of a professional baseball team. I mean, look. You remember when Jay Z quote owned unquote the New Jersey Nets and then the Brooklyn mm-hmm. Nets for like a few seasons. He was like a minority point one percent owner. <laughs> you know, like he was. And that 1%, I think, was shared by, like, four or five other rich people. So, right. it's like, I mean, yeah, like, it'll be cool. I mean, that, good for DeMarco Murray trying to diversify his portfolio or whatever. But, I mean, cool. I mean, are the Mets profitable by any means? I mean, what are we talking about when we're talking about the Mets? I mean, they played in the World Series a couple, you know, three, four years ago against the oh. Royals. So, I mean, they, they can oh, – yeah. that's their ceiling. Okay. Not a, that's, that's not bad. Well, good, so, for De- good for DeMarco Murray, but I would just hope that, you know, if he does prove to be a pretty good head, or running backs coach and then an assistant coach, I would hope that he sticks with that. But I thought he was actually kind of good, like on the mic in the broadcast booth. And he did that for one year and then jumped, right. into, jumped into coaching and then was at Arizona for two years. But I understand the jump from Arizona to OU. That's like certainly a, that's certainly a leap that you make, but it's like, Thus far, his professional track record is: I'll do something for a little bit, even with his NFL career. I'll do something with a little for a little bit, and then I'll go change my mind. But, um, Kamar Wheaton, Keegan, yes. What about that guy? I, Oklahoma, I think is going to get him. Boom, and that's how we'll end it, Keegan. Until next week. Awesome show. Always, always a good time, Brady. It wasn't that awesome. I'm sorry I yelled. <laughs> I wasn't yelling at you, Keegan, I promise. I wasn't yelling at you. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to Inside OU. Thank you so much for uh, – I'm, I'm frustrated just like the rest of you, so we will get through this. We will persevere and come out a stronger people. But until or next preserve time, if you listen to me. Or preserve. You know, that works too. But until next time, for Mr. Keegan Renault, this is Brady Trantham. We'll talk to you later.